Season 1, Episode 12 of Gubshot Pod. I'm your host, Tejas, and you can follow me at My Life Isn't TV. Be sure to check out the podcast, buy me a coffee link in the bio, or on our social media handles at Gubshot Pod. This week's podcast is with my girlfriend, Casey, whom you can follow on Instagram at Seagal87. She really gets the best out of me, and I really hope you enjoy. Yeah, you're good, you're good. Okay. Because, I mean, the good thing is, like, the way I record this, it'll record your section and my section, and then I just kind of, like, splice it up together for the podcast. Okay. How was your meeting? It was good. I think I, I figured out the timesheets issue. So I like money. That's good. I like getting money. Um, so are you getting all your back pay? Yes. that's I've submitted all of them. That's the first step. <laughs> there. Yay. Uh, did they tell you why it happened or honestly it's so stupid apparently i was going on safari but i needed to go on i needed to get onto the timesheets with chrome and, and no one could tell no one could be like hey are you using safari or chrome you know you think you think that people have your best interests at heart there's really like maybe a handful the rest yeah. they're all just trying to you know scam <laughs> <laughs> But it's nice that, you know, there's That's so annoying. Oh, so Kristen, uh, she got us tickets to um, John Mulaney. Yeah? Yes. How, how did she finagle that? She knows, like, like somebody who, like, knows somebody, like a manager. Mm-hmm. So, I know. We're waiting for the official confirmation because it's, like, we ha- we filled out, like, a special form that's, like, basically going off a list, I guess, of people who, like... I mean, I think we still have to pay for them. It's not free, but, no, but still, it's when things are high and highly in demand that they're selling out quickly. And even that venue, it's not really like you said to me. It's not really a a venue. It's more just like a shop that also does events. Some would say, yeah, I would say not great, but like they're trying. And I guess we have to like. I remember when you remind me, like we have to like give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Because they're also struggling and they're going through it. So I know they're trying their best, but maybe they could their best could be a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But that's just how it goes sometimes. I don't know. How do you how do you still maintain that positivity? Be like, oh, you know, they're trying their best. So maybe we should cut them some slack. Wait, are we starting the podcast? Yeah, we've been recording. Oh, <laughs> you do like an intro no 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 we just oh right into it yeah oh shit i was like oh are we just chatting as boyfriend and girlfriend no we're recording (laughs) we've been recording oh so (laughs) feel free to keep that in or out i wanted to feel like it's just like a conversation that we have plenty of times in person whenever we're talking about like important serious things and not just fiddle faddling around talking about whatever Okay, so wait, what was your question? <laughs> what was my question? How do you have that how do you have that sense of like sympathy and empathy for people when even if their best isn't good enough, you're like, well, at least they're still trying their best. Yeah, where does that stem from? Um, I think it kind of stems from my parents really, which is kind of what they instilled in me of like everyone's just trying to get by and trying to do their best and I mean I growing up I like never felt like I didn't have something I didn't need when I went to college you kind of see the different social economic classes like there was some of that in my in the town I grew up in but it definitely was more prevalent when I went to college and I also started like dating 
and dating people mm. outside my social economic class. You know, my parents provided me with like everything I needed and like, oh my God, we did like soccer and theater and volleyball and different nature camps and, and stuff like that. So I don't know, just kind of like, I feel like I really just attribute to my parents who are like, everyone is really trying to get by, like, especially like my mom. Mm-hmm. I don't think my mom is very cynical, which is, I mean, my dad is a little cynical because like he, he worked <laughs> out of prison for like 29 years. So mm-hmm. I can imagine there's a little bit of cynicism. Yeah. But I don't know. They both just kind of like, you know, everyone's just like working to get by. And mm-hmm. I really think I get my empathy from, from my mom. Oh my yeah that's yeah. fair no and Doris and Pat are very empathetic kind people as well I've been lucky to meet them and this past year obviously with us being together and spending so much time together it's been tough though to like you kind of see you the stories that you tell me and yesterday when we were hanging out with our friends talking about working in the service industry how like people really don't have that kind of sympathy and empathy towards other people I saw someone during the basketball game, not only were you, did you tell me about the one that I had seen live, as in live on TV, where someone threw a water bottle, but also someone like ran onto the court uh, during the Wizards Sixers game in DC yesterday and just was behaving like an idiot. And there was that tweet, is this why you all wanted to go back out to act like idiots? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think... I mean, I understand like we've been pretty isolated for a year, but I, I mean, I think my brother Brendan has all tweeted about this, which I think you've also seen where this narrative of like, well, how do I even talk to people anymore? And it's like, okay, like to an extent, like you might be like, oh, like this is kind of weird by being back in a social setting, but like we mm-hmm. had Twitter, Facebook, Zoom, house party. So like yeah. we still were yeah. communicating with people, but I think people are definitely using it like as an excuse to frankly be assholes or like they have like this they have this like pet like this weird like like bitter energy of like all the loss like we've all suffered this past year of like jobs Mm -hmm. and people we've cared about and and spaces and so I think people get back in these spaces and I think it's part excitement and part like bitterness of like well like I was inside for a year so I get to do whatever I want and it's like I mean, no, because we all were inside for a year and the people who are working those jobs and customer service, they don't get to work from home. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm lucky enough that I have been employed in t- the entire p- pandemic with SVA and the first, like, mm-hmm. what, six months, I think it was, I was primarily working from home and I'm very blessed yeah. to have that. But, like, I did start going back in before the vaccine even came mm-hmm. out. Like I was going into work. I I worked some film shoes. I can't say what they are for confidentiality reasons. And I think what, I think if you got to work from home and your job is letting you continue to work from home, you're very Mm -hmm. lucky, but there's people that like that work in those arenas and stuff. Like they have to come back to work and deal with you. And so like, you don't get a pass because you've, been inside all year like everyone's been inside all year everyone has had struggles and I think people really just like have like a me 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 mentality especially Americans (laughs) (laughs) especially Americans which I'm sure you can attest to because you've traveled so like all over the world um but like I don't think it's an excuse to be an asshole to customer service people like it that's something that really grinds my fucking gears 
and I, I can't stand and like, you know, the fight for 15 um, is mm-hmm. something that's really important to me. And it gets me so upset when they're like, well, you're saying like an EMT should get paid the same amount as a McDonald's worker. I was like, everybody should get a living wage. And I appreciate what EMTs do, but like, yeah, they should be getting more than $15 an hour. Frankly, I think McDonald's mm-hmm. workers should also get more than $15 an hour, but like, I won't get yeah. too much into what I feel about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can if you no, want. No, it's okay. Like, Cause I'll go on for a while. Okay. Um, but I think with people, but no one's ever like, you know, why does CEOs getting trillions of dollars? No one mm-hmm. ever asks like Jeff Bezos getting a yacht for his yacht. And you guys are more upset that a, a person who works at McDonald's wants to pay their rent. Like it's disgusting. Yeah. No, yeah, there's there's like a distinct lack of empathy for people that are working minimum wage, and then like an overt kind of sympathy or empathy for millionaires, billionaires that they're never going to meet in person. Yeah, and like what I don't understand, what people don't understand, is the cost of living has gone up. People are like, well, like, why can't they just live on $7 an hour? I was like, because <laughs> the cost of living has gone up. Like, even if you, if even you don't want to just, if like, what, whatever, if it's that you're thinking of like, well, schooling and like, they shouldn't get this much. Okay. Let's say that's your argument, but the cost of living mm. has gone up. So the cost yeah. of living, like, I think the minimum wage, I don't think there's one state like at the lowest minimum wage, which I think it, I believe is like $7. Yeah. in like Alabama or something that won't cover mm-hmm. rent anywhere. So if someone's mm-hmm. working 40 hours a week, they have a full-time job working at Walmart or Sam's club, McDonald's or grocery store. And they're getting $7 an hour. You're telling me like they don't deserve to pay rent because they're doing something that's customer service. Like yeah. that's the whole thing of people. Some people have that segment. Yeah. The, you know, people who work in salary and stuff like, on your days off, you like to go to the movies. How mm-hmm. do you think that happens? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on on Memorial Day, you take off while people are still working at, you know, bodegas and pharmacies and stuff like that. And their hours are modified, but they're still open. How do you think that happens? Um, you're completely right. And right. that's the thing. I, it's not just in the States. I... Do you, it's also like in the UK and India. Do you remember when I was opening up the virtual kitchen and I had that, I interviewed someone from Texas. Yeah. Was like, yeah, I got, I was getting paid five an hour at the Sonic. So like, if you're paying 15, that's great. I was like five an hour in 2020 in Texas. That's insane. She was like, yeah, that's why I drove to New York. Cause well, well I, five, oh, that's I'm just pretty sure that's illegal, but yeah, probably. <laughs> You you had mentioned about like how all of us had been on Zoom house party and we have all these digital apps to like stay connected with each other. And for me, like growing up abroad, that that's like you see, that's how I stay in touch with most of my friends, like my sister, the friends in the UK, Vish and all of that. I heard in the States, like a majority of people don't even leave their state borders, right? They've never been to another state. And so because they're so used to seeing everybody yeah. that they want to see, whether that's family, people they grew up with, whatever, for that all to be suddenly removed, they're like, oh, this is the first time I've had to do this, like to see family through through like digital. 
And as a result, they're like, oh, now that we can go back out, I can start to do whatever I want again, even if that means at the cost of other people. And it's like, that's not how it works. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you've, you've been to my hometown. I'm from a small town called Stortstown in Pennsylvania. Uh, there are no traffic lights. There still isn't one. They tried to get one, but I don't think um, it was in the budget or I something. I love driving there. There's no traffic light. <laughs> yeah, there's no traffic light. Um, there are stop signs. People are like, so you don't have stop signs? I'm like, that's not a traffic light. But, the, <laughs> and, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with staying in the hometown you grew up in. I'm not, like, dissing yeah. that because you still can have a great, fulfilling life staying where you like grew mm-hmm. up, but I, I really do think like in America and especially small town America, it's very like instilled in you to like stay close to home or like just go to mm-hmm. the neighboring town. Cause like where I went to school at Kennerdale, like teachers were like, were teaching, like they have been teaching there for like 30 years or something like that. And they're teaching people's kids. Like they taught somebody back in like the eighties and now like in the two thousands, they're teaching their kids. So like, especially where I grew up, like a lot of people like, Oh yeah, my cousin and I go to the same school or like, like, like it's very just like home is where the heart is. And like, I think that's great, but like, there's also like not a ton of opportunities in a lot of small towns and that's not like a dig or anything. That's just kind of like a fact. And like, you know what I did, (laughs) uh, when I was in high school I did theater um and I found the I did theater in the school and then I found this program at the Storstown United Methodist Church summer theater program and that's basically where I found like all my high school friends like the only person that there's two people I'm still close to from high school that we actually went to high school together and that's Mm -hmm. Kristen and Dina um but the rest of my friends I consider my high school friends they went to the neighboring high school, but we all yeah. like met and <laughs> did theater together. And, be- and then a lot of us like actually ended up in New York, like for a time being yeah. like, I think there was like at one point, there was like at least five of us from that summer theater program that there's actually probably more here that I'm not even thinking yeah. about right now, but like we all end up coming to New York or like a bunch of people went out to LA as well. So there's actually a group of people mm-hmm. from like my hometown that moved out to LA. So there's just like different parts of like living in a small town where it's like, you kind of see in the movies yeah. where like, I got to get out of here. I don't want to be mm-hmm. in this town or well, like, I don't know. Small towns are like really interesting. Cause like everyone does know your business, but like also like when I moved to New York and I've got to know different friend groups or like, yeah, like everyone knows their business in a small town and like in New York, like no one's going to know who I am, but then you meet these friend groups who are very like friends and how I met your mother and they're all sleeping together. <laughs> <laughs> like mm. oh that's like the same right. shit where i grew up so like yeah. it's like the city and the small town are very different but also exactly the same <laughs> i think it's different like in a smaller town like people care whereas in a big city like no one cares like you said if whoever's like there's good gossip for sure but i'll tell you what it's the same thing with me like most of my friends that you've met from high school two of them went to the same high school as me. The rest went to other neighboring high schools, right? But Uh what you were talking about was like getting that opportunity to leave. And not everyone has that opportunity. Most people don't get the opportunity to leave their hometown or leave the state that they um, 
grew up in and that's that also part of it is also like a socioeconomic thing right because that's where all the jobs are you know that's where people are going to stay and because they know people that are working in those things so were you the furthest one to travel you said that some people from the theater group went to la okay so well <laughs> i mean there's like i a lot of people from like the theater group in my town have been all over places and a lot of people i would say in my hometown have joined the military as well mm -hmm. um so they've been kind of like all over with the with the military um but what you're referring to is like when me and my friend dina went to our 10-year high school reunion um we drove from new york and we won the award furthest traveled but New York City is four hours from my hometown and my graduating class, like, lived further out, but they couldn't make it back for the 10-year reunion. A lot of people, like I said, have stayed in the surrounding areas. Right. I wanted to go back to what we were talking about regarding empathy and what's something that you've learned, whether that's about society, about yourself since the pandemic and how that's changed everything, given that, like you said, you were one of the first groups of people uh, working people to be back in their place of work even before a vaccine had come out. So like, what's one of the things that you've learned, whether that's about yourself or about, you know, your community or New York City? Or what um, yeah, so I mean, during the pandemic, I really thought when I would go back to work, <laughs> customers would have more empathy. But actually, mm -hmm. people were worse than what we kind of talked about before with how people have been behaving at, like, basketball games. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't really want to get, like, too political or anything. But I think what's been frustrating for me, like, during the pandemic was how the mask policy turned into this, like, political issue and it turned into, like, Republicans versus Democrats. And it was, like it's not really about that. It's about like protecting yourself and protecting the people you love and people be like, Oh, mm. I can't breathe in this thing. And it's like, no, you can't fucking breathe in a mask. Like you're just not yeah. used to wearing it. And like, you know, I have friends who are bartenders, um, you know, mm -hmm. Dina, Colin and Amos and Amos, you know, he works at a bar called mosaic and they were open the entirety of the pandemic. So Amos yep. was working when the vaccine definitely was not out and ready and was wearing a mask for 10 hours a day. And then, you know, yeah. people come into the theater where I work and they're like, it's just like so annoying to wear a mask for two hours. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, it's so tough. It's a tough time out there. And I, <laughs> I think for me, it's just like, you know, there was times when the pandemic, you know, I was very lucky. Like I said, like I, was still employed. I had financial and emotional support from my parents. I mm -hmm. had you, I had my sister, I had KL. So like, yeah. I wasn't super isolated and I was able to still attend therapy virtually. And there's a lot of people mm -hmm. I think didn't have that, but there was definitely like days where like, it was just tough because you saw so many different parts of the country, like not taking it seriously. And it, and like we had a president who didn't have any empathy and is like egomaniac yeah. and was just like it will go away on its own and it's like well no like i'm honestly thinking like basically because we never because like basically we fucked it up and like covid's going to be around for i think at least five years like that's yeah. good but now we're just going to learn how to live with it like how we learned to live with flu season 
And I think there's mm-hmm. going to be times where it's like, okay, hey, it's COVID season. Like, we highly suggest you wear a mask, like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there was definitely tough days where you're just like, because I take a lot of joy in working. Mm-hmm. I was still working at one my one job, but it wasn't the same. My other job was completely closed. And, you know, yep. I think, you know, I don't think it's healthy to be like, well, don't come in there, negative thoughts. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's like not a healthy way to deal with that. Like, you know, you yeah. really should like talk them out. And like, you know, my therapist really helped me. She recommended a book to me and to like, like write down my thoughts and feelings and things like that. Mm-hmm. So like, I think you really, like for me, like I really had to work on it, like how not to drown in like the sorrow of like this situation was going on. And like, you know, luckily, like, with being with you, we were able to split our time between Astoria and Jersey. So we got to have like some kind of change of scenery. Um, But you know, when we were in the city and I had other friends who like, didn't have that opportunity, like you just heard sirens 24 seven. And, you know, definitely at the beginning of the pandemic, I think the doctors didn't know what to do. Like, obviously, like how could they, and like, people were like on ventilators and like, it was, and like people were like killing themselves because they like, couldn't Mm -hmm. deal with it and I think like you really have it's like I'm not saying block those things out because I don't think that's healthy but you also have to like work on you know trying to find the positives and like working through like okay like you know like I cleaned my room today and like that's enough that's okay like Mm -hmm. if that's the only thing I did today and I think just kind of trying to find ways to keep busy and keep happy during the pandemic was difficult but like it was important to do and even if that was like watching scandal for the hundredth time for people or like rewatching friends or baking or coloring or I got really into like I really wanted to save the post office which we still need to do because the the joy is you can bleep that if you have to (laughs) that's how I feel um sorry that was my work (laughs) Okay. Um. <laughs> I'll do what the uh, Glee. Sorry. Episode, I'll do what the Glee podcast does and just do Gleek over Gleek it over when it. they sing. Yeah. Hey, so, so, no, that's so, fine. So, don't don't be so sorry. And you're absolutely right. That's. I mean, we all have our own coping mechanisms. Some of them are healthy. Some of them are unhealthy. But it was just a matter of just getting through each day, right? And I know how much for you, your work and your dedication to your work especially being extroverted and getting to meet people, how it was all changed and it's all so different now when it comes to events and event management in spaces, indoor, outdoor, ETC. And even with Amos, like someone who I would consider, you know, a good friend of mine now that I met through you, seeing like the poor got COVID and through no fault of his own, he was being safe. It's just that happens, but you're right. There's no empathy and so maybe we all do need a little bit of yeah and you know with amos like he got it before we even really knew what covid was like yeah, he got it in the super beginning of it and you know like i've also thought back of like i mean i never got tested for antibodies so i can't say that i got covid or anything like that but like mm-hmm. for me it was very strange that i didn't get covid just because um I work in service industry and I was around hundreds of people the weeks leading up to the shutdown. So I feel like yeah. I definitely probably was around somebody who had COVID, but I was just yeah. very lucky if like, if I ended up getting COVID, if I did have it, I had very, very mild symptoms if I did have it. 
and you know that like the week before everything shut down, I was in Boston with a previous guest, Nick, and how I was like really sick after I came back. But that was also because I didn't, I left my winter jacket in the other car yeah. <laughs> that I drove up. And so it was like below freezing. Um, but would you want to know, like, would you want to take an antibody test and know whether or not you had it? Are you well, like- I mean, it's it's too late now to do that because I think if I did have it, like it, uh, like it, I think the yeah. antibodies only last for like a couple months. Oh, okay. Um, but I think I would want to know if I had it just to see, cause like, I know some people have had mild symptoms and then, but then it d- does other things to their body. They're having all these like other side effects. And I think that's another yeah. thing that people just like didn't understand about COVID. They're like, Oh yeah. You know, it's just like the flu. It's like, well, we don't know enough about it. Like in 10 years, it could be like, if you have COVID, like now you're going to have heart problems for the rest of your life. Like we don't know enough about it yet to just be like, oh, like that's a silly disease and like. And be so dismissive of it. You know, don't be, don't be a wuss. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's not really, (laughs) like we don't know enough about it. Like you can't tell me that like everything is fine. Like still like hundreds of thousands of people died from COVID and we don't know the side effects yet. Yeah. Exactly. And we're only going to find out later on, but there's like this instant gratification that people want. Right. And then it's like, well, this is what's going to happen down the line. We, we talked about your work. And so I wanted to bring up, do you remember how we met? (laughs) Um, I know everyone's like dying to hear our love story. And like, (laughs) we are like the it couple of Astoria. So like, I'm happy that we can. We're the what? Say that again? We're the it couple of Astoria. Okay. Okay, So, all right. Is that because I moved to Astoria recently? Yeah. Otherwise it doesn't Yeah, we're Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So how we met. Yeah. Well, technically, <laughs> technically, um, we had met before the meeting. I remember, um, cause uh-huh. I did not remember meeting you the first time in my defense, I was going through like a horrible breakup and uh-huh. I was everywhere, but nowhere at the same time. So I do want to defend myself. <laughs> so I'm gonna do it. okay so the first time we apparently met and you were like she's a hottie and I was like I don't know what's going on so the second <laughs> time we met um it was during the New York Asian Film Festival mm-hmm. um you were a vendor with your business Chapati man yeah and you looked like really nice in your suit and I was like who's this tall drink of water um <laughs> and then like I mean we were like talking and like flirting like professionally speaking Okay, like professionally mm-hmm. speaking. Um, and the one night you like stayed behind and helped me burn the ice. And for people who don't know what burn the ice means, it's basically when you have ice left over something, you dump it in the sink and run hot water on it. So you don't have like a big puddle mess of melted ice when you come in the next day. Um, mm-hmm. So you helped me like dump the ice and like get out the extra like drinks the event had. And like we're talking and we're like, you know, being all cute. And then we finished bringing the ice and you're like, okay, I got to go by. And then you ran away from me. Um, and so <laughs> the next day I wasn't working, but I was going to the Mark Anthony concert with some girls from work and That's I looked right. really super cute. And I knew, I remember you said mm-hmm. you're going to be there. So like I saw you and I was like, okay, I'm going to walk past him. And I like walked past you looking super cute. And then um, my friend said to me, you're like, she's like, you look really good. And I don't think you meant to say this out loud. Cause you're like, you were standing like near us. And you're like, yeah, she does. 
But like, I don't think you meant to say that out loud. I think you meant to say it to yourself. Um, and then I was like, okay, like he likes me. Um, and then like the last day, like I, I, I didn't know how to spell your name and I could not find you on uh-huh. Instagram. So then I followed your food yeah. business. Cause I was like, okay, like I'll just follow his food business. And then that day I worked the Sunday I worked, you came in, you're like, Oh, Hey, like I saw you followed my food business. I'm going to follow you back on my personal. And I was like, mm-hmm, okay. And then, um, <laughs> I remember this moment where like, I was downstairs in the basement and you were coming downstairs and you were like, Sonia, cause you're looking for your staff member. I was like, no, it's just me, Casey. And you're like, Oh, Hey. And then like later that night, you're like, yeah. So like earlier when we ran into, other, ran into each other on the stairs, I was really glad it was you. And I was like, Tee-hee. and then like, we're getting towards the end of the night. And like the event was like running close to going over on time. So they were like trying to rush to get out of there. And then everyone's like, let's all take a picture together. And I was like, can you all like fucking leave? Like I'm trying to like get off the clock so like I can like get his number. So he he'll ask Mm -hmm. me for my number. And then like, of course I texted my council of women and I was like, what should I do? Like he hasn't asked for my number yet. And my friend um, KP um, was like, you should ask for his number. And I was like, she's like, you're an independent woman. I was like, fuck yeah, I am. Because I told them everything that we talked about. I was like, does he like me? They're like, yes, obviously. I was like, okay. Because you always got to check with your council of women. Um, yeah. And so, like, everyone left, but, like, me and the house manager still had, like, other stuff to do. And I saw you in your car, but I was like, but people were still around, so I didn't want to go up to your car. So I was like, okay, I'm going to slide into his DM. So, like, I was completely off the clock, everyone. So I didn't do anything creepy or weird on the clock. Just want to point that out. (laughs) And so I got on the train, and I was like, hey, it was, like, so nice to meet you. Like, thank you for, like, giving giving food to me and my staff. The samosas? Yeah, and the wraps. You gave us wraps. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And you gave me one, and I brought it home to Cody. Um, Cody's my sister. Um. And <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, thank you so much for like the wraps. I was like, if you want to get a drink sometime, like here's my phone number. Mm-hmm. And then like I got home and I remember I was like telling Cody about it. And then you, I got a text message from you. I got a text message from a number I didn't know. It ended up being you. And then mm-hmm. we arranged to <laughs> go out and we've been together. Yeah. Like that. Yep, that is that is how we met comprehensively. <laughs> was that too much information, or did I do? No, no, I'm glad I'm glad you because we share the story with people. Like we've, I've shared the story with people as well. Although my version is slightly different, I don't say that I ran away necessarily Friday night, but you know that's a matter of optics. You were like, uh, you you were like, hey, bye, and like I was like, I thought we were flirting, and you like ran away from me, but it's fine. <laughs> Oh fuck you though. Okay. That's good. <laughs> it is a good story. <laughs> I I It is a good story. Yeah, it is. You had you had said that like you had always wanted to, and I think this is something that being extroverted, because I've I felt the same. You want to meet your you want to meet someone like organically, right? Organically yeah. meaning in person. But nowadays, like organically is kind of like just online dating right which is something that I didn't really do much of so like to me I was never because there's a difference and I don't really yeah I guess like you can like chemistry and things like that the way that like jokes and stuff are bouncing off of you can get a better reaction in person yeah I mean I think there's nothing wrong with like online dating or meeting your partner online dating but like 
I know for me that like I was doing online dating like after my previous relationship had ended and I was like, okay, I'm Mm -hmm. like ready to I'm ready to get back out there. And I was doing Mm -hmm. online dating. And like the last time I had done online dating previously had been like six years ago. So like, excuse Mm. me, like Bumble and Tinder were very different uh, than they are now. And so I was like, what is this like super like and super boom? And like, and like, you know, I mean, I think every woman uh, can contest to this. You get some really gross ass messages. And like, Mm -hmm. I think there's nothing wrong. Like, I'm not going to yuck somebody's yum. Like, you know, I think if you are like looking for someone to hook up with, that's fine. But like, I think a lot of men, specifically white men, um, kind of put on this front on online dating of like I'm looking for something serious and they're not and like that's okay mm-hmm. if like you just want to like hook up but I'd rather you like be honest with me and not be gross about it like there's a way to be like hey like um I think we're vibing I want to let you know I'm not looking for anything serious but like let's get a drink and get to know each other because I remember this one guy I was like talking to and we were like vibing pretty well on the app we exchanged numbers and we're like trying to figure out a time to hang out and he like messages me during the day and he's like oh you're doing yoga that's so hot I was like okay sure I'm just like stretching because my feet hurt from work but okay um and he was like you could come here and do yoga I was like oh no like I have work at like five o'clock so like I'm gonna finish my workout and then yeah um get a shower and like get ready to go and he was like you're ready for work because you're in a yeah he's like no like come over here like just take the four or five six train and I was like no, like, I gotta, like, get ready and, like, shower. He's like, well, you can shower here. And so, like, basically, he just wanted me, he wanted to have sex and me, for me to leave. But instead of saying that, he's making it all weird and making it, like, yeah, just come by and, like, hang out. And it's like, well, no, like, and I think another thing that men don't really get with, for women, like, mm-hmm. it is not safe for us just to come to your house. That's yeah. why, like, you know, when women go on dates, first dates, even when we were going on a first date, I had really good vibes with you. But, like, my sister knew where I was. My best friend Kramer knew where I was. Like, I had, like, four girls, like, checking in on me during that whole yeah. night just because, like, you don't know how people are. And I think a lot of women are like that where we have buddy system to check in systems to be like, this is what's going on. This is where I'm going to be. I'll let you know if I'm going home with him or if I'm going to my yeah. place. If, like, the plans change and there's another bar that you think of going to, was this the Council of Women that, like, all kind of, that's... Yeah, it was, like, it was... Adjacent, yeah. I think it was KP, Kristen, it was uh, KP, Candace, I I was talking to you, I was talking to Kramer and Cody. Mm -hmm. And then I was filling in, I think Dino and I had been working that day, but, like, yeah, I had a couple, I had Kramer who's out in Seattle, I had (laughs) KP and Candace... (laughs) New York and my sister who lives with me just making sure they knew where I was and to like check in with me yeah which I think a lot of women also do that because you have to be safe that's what some men could understand I'm glad you shared that because like obviously now dating for a year and a half uh more than a year but more importantly than that that's what being a good ally is you know with like my younger sister and also having friends that are women and trying to be supportive while also understanding I am a man and like it is a different relationship but you're right that's like the bare minimum just like the basic like empathy and support for someone else yeah right? but I'm glad you shared that thank you're you welcome. what has been the best moment 
and I say, I say in the last 12 months, but really since the pandemic, what's been, what's been the best moment for you in the last year and a half? Well, I think meeting you is pretty high on the list. I mean, no, like, honestly, like, you know, like this might sound kind of corny, but like, so like we met basically like a month and a half before the shutdown. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, I think we were very lucky that we both were on the same page with each other and that we both were looking for something more serious. So like mm-hmm. we kind of hit the ground running, I think in terms of our relationship of like, cause we became official, I think like a week before the shutdown or like a week mm-hmm. and a half before the shutdown. So we, we basically were, were like, I'm using air quotes. I know you, you can't see me cause you're listening to a podcast, but like we were like <laughs> dating quote unquote or like seeing each other. And then we were like boyfriend and girlfriend. But pretty much, like, as soon as we started dating, we weren't, like, seeing other people. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I feel very lucky that I had your support and I met you and we were able to split our time between Astoria and the house in Jersey that, mm-hmm. you know, we had all that land and, like, pool and then, like, when it was okay to hang out with people after you got tested People yeah. were able to come over because we had, Bring the boys yeah, we had the yeah. space to safely socially distance or like make sure we got COVID testing before seeing people. So I think mm-hmm. like this past year, I would say definitely like pandemic wise, it was meeting you and starting our relationship. Uh, oh. You're so cute. <laughs> All my friends are probably like, this is why Cody calls us. The girls. are so <laughs> gross and we totally are. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> You know, and I think starting that relationship, but I think also like what was something that I, I did like was like, I definitely feel like I connected, um, I connected with a lot of my friends again, like Nikki and Tori, um, we did how we were doing house parties every other week. So it was great to reconnect with them, um, you know, Frankie, Dina, Michael, we all were doing the Jackbox games. Um, yeah. my buddy Donnie from college, like we definitely start talking more because like he started his own podcast, Know That Pod and Truly Anything. Yes. I was on an episode, so I'm trying to get a Fab Fit Fun sponsorship. So this is my mm-hmm. second podcast ex- um appearance. So feel free to have me on yours. Um, <laughs> you know, and just kind of like, you know, reconnecting with like friends because like when you didn't have the time where you're like running around all crazy. Yeah. So that was like, I think something like kind of neat during the pandemic where it's like, I got to like reconnect with people and like make some relationships stronger just because I had the time to like play these games and like be on Zoom and that kind of stuff. And then I guess, you know, like recently um, starting working again, starting to get back into the office and doing events again and starting to work at IFC has been a great, you know, blessing. Just, you know, it, it's it's hard working in customer service because you do deal with a lot of jerks, but then you get to have really nice moments. Like I was working an event at SVA, and this girl came. This little girl came in. She's probably like maybe like eight, maybe a little younger, and she was the only kid there because it was like a film festival. They were obviously there supporting a friend. But I uh, went up to her and I was like, do you need a booster seat? And she kind of looks at her mom and she's like, well, do you need a booster seat? She's like, yeah. So I went and got her booster seat. I was like, here you go. And she's like, I'm Phoebe. And I'm like, I'm Casey. It's really nice to meet you. And then 
she like handed me stickers. I was like, oh, do I get to pick one? And she's like, no, you get to have all of them because because you got me a booster seat. Thank you. So there's like moments like that that like make me like super happy in in, in the career that I'm that I'm in. So yeah. I feel like that might have been a long winded answer, but that is my. No, I, that's all. That's a good story. I didn't know. I didn't think that was the one you were gonna. You remember like the week after. Uh, New York Asian Film Festival was, I believe, the International Children's Festival, yeah. right, at SBA, and you had told me there was just, like, a bad story that had happened, like, there was a, a situation that had happened while you were working yeah. uh, one of the weekends where, like, one of the moms was just being a real, you know, well, short version of the story was basically like they had bought these like soccer socks and left them in the theater yeah. and they couldn't find them. And she was accusing my staff of stealing them. And so yeah. I did not take very kindly to that. The Children's Festival is great. I'm not just like usually their patrons are really yeah. good. This is just like not a, it was just not good. And then what ended up happening was the porters accidentally threw them out because they were in a bag. And then we yeah. found them. But I was so angry. I was like seeing red. I couldn't even like articulate that to that woman. Yeah, you know, it, <laughs> I think working like was like there's been a couple times where like I was like, man, I should have tried to keep my cool better. But what I think what people don't understand working in customer service is that you do get crapped on quite a lot, and it yeah. comes with the territory. And you know, I I definitely try to take it in stride and like. My coworkers definitely try to take in stride, but there's just like sometimes where you're just like, I am trying to be as professional as possible, but you are not making it easy for me. And there's been times where I'm like, yeah, maybe I could have handled that situation calmer or like try to diffuse it better. But mm -hmm. man, people really just like, really like to be fucking assholes sometimes and like <laughs> take it out on customer service people. And like, my philosophy is the customer is not always right. You're just not. Mm -hmm. You're just flat out just not. <laughs> yeah. the, the original interpretation of that sentence was when it comes to, like, what they want in terms of a creating products or creating things for the customer. But then the end, so that was, like, more from the business development and the marketing side. And then customer, well, people started using that as like, a, oh, that means, a, you know, the customer is always right in a customer service. And the, frankly, the thing is like, they're not. No, yeah, so, they're not. You know, they are absolutely The not. reality is sometimes even like the, the better business developers in the business world have been like, the customer doesn't know what they want. Like, I think it was uh, Ford who had said, if I had asked my customers what they wanted, they would have asked for a faster horse. He obviously built cars. Yeah. So, you know, everyone fucking loves it now. You know, I love driving mine. Not a Ford, but... You, you know. love driving um, your Lexus like it's Formula One. And I <laughs> disagree with the way you drive sometimes. But, <laughs> yeah, but I don't so. drive in New York City, so I don't... I try not to <laughs> say too much. Well, at least when we go back to Stortstown, I will stop at the stop signs for sure. Well, I get, you know, when you drive in Stortstown, because like, I, I mean, I've driven those back roads since I was 16 and mm -hmm. my family thinks I'm a bad driver. This is one of the reasons I don't like to drive. Um, but, you know, the, it's very curvy and I get nervous sometimes when we're coming up on a curve and you're still <laughs> You're still going like 50. I was like, hey, you gotta slow down. You don't know. Cause like, you know, well, 
in my hometown, the back roads, if like anyone's listening from Stewartstown or probably a, a lot of small towns is like the back, the back roads, quote unquote, when it's not the main road, doesn't have any painted lines on it. And it's like, like almost like a Mario Kart. Uh, That's the exciting part. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like very curvy and there's like sharp turns and stuff. So like somebody who grew up there, I know where the sharp turns are, but somebody who's unfamiliar, unfamiliar um I'm, I'm pointing to him at the screen um <laughs> i get i get nervous i'm like i try not to be back i feel like i'm my mom i'm like watch out for that stop sign like watch out for the biker you know obviously Tate just can see he knows how to drive he drives in the city i just i'm trying to i'm trying to assist and be helpful yeah no you obviously care right that's what you're the way that you care for people is very sweet and genuine. And so that's why I really appreciate it. Even though, you know, it happens from time to time, it's still something that's very, like, it's very cherished. I appreciate it. And of course, like, I mean, you, you have that empathy for everyone, even if they don't deserve it, I think. Uh, the story you were telling yesterday during the Memorial Day kind of hangout on my patio to some of the other people was like the guy uh, in the vortex at West Third. And I was going to tell you, actually, when I went to NYU a lot, we would use that subway stop a lot. The basketball courts that are there, all the like bars and restaurants that are near NYU, the park and everything. And you're right, that place at West Third and Sixth Avenue, that vortex, what do you call it? A I call it the vortex of a vortex of weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is ridiculous things going on there. Yeah. Like, you can't even begin to describe how. Well, things. I mean, I, I'll tell it real quickly. So, basically, the story that Tage is referencing is like so, there's a lot of homeless people around that area. And, like, not, okay, not all homeless people are mentally ill or drug addicts or drunks. I'm going to say that because there's a mm -hmm. lot of different ways you can be homeless and, like, a lot of different yep. things happen. In this case, this person was mentally ill. Mm -hmm. Um, he is a regular in that area and usually he pretty much keeps it himself, but there, there's days where he's like yelling and this particular day, like I worked Saturday and Sunday on the Saturday, he had his boxers on his head and was eating a banana and then threw the banana peel up in the air and then his pants fell down and he wasn't wearing any boxers. So you could see his ding dong and he was <laughs> I, I couldn't no one could stop you can't stop looking at it because it was like a huge ding dong and he's just like walking around with no fucking pants on and, yeah. and he's like he's, absolutely yeah he's not like yeah. standing like right in front of the theater but like the theater at ifc has glass doors so i could see the glass and i'm like oh my god yeah. so like he eventually walked away and pulled his pants up but it was a good five minutes his ding dong was just out the next day i'm working and I'm coming up the stairs and one of my floor staff was like, I just hear someone yell help. I'm like, that's weird. And then one of my staff members radios me. He's like, Casey, can you come to the lobby? So I come to the lobby. That same homeless guy, fully clothed, but was inside the theater. He had ended up walking behind somebody and getting in. One staff member's mm -hmm. blocking the elevator. The other staff member is trying to make sure he doesn't go down the stairs. And he's like, I hear music upstairs. I don't know what upstairs he's referring to. Don't know why. And I just went up to him like, hey, man, you got to go. And he's like kind of yeah. staring at me. I was, And he's like, he's like, oh, I hear music. I was like, you need to leave. You, you got to get out. And he kind of yeah. looks at me and then he just leaves. Mm. So 
he didn't do it like he he started to cause a disturbance but he eventually you know just he just left on his own because like the human brain is very interesting because like i think when you look at people who are like like outright like mentally ill like talking to themselves and like fighting the air fighting someone in the air that's no one there it's interesting because it's like they could be like yeah i know how to get to 14th street on the sixth train but then like i'm coming in yelling at you because i'm hearing music like it's the human brain is all very very interesting it is intriguing it is definitely and just like the way that we process information as well Although there is a big, there's been a very evident homeless problem in New York, probably due to the lack of resources that the city provides. You've noticed it too, I think, right? Going around the city, just seeing. Um, I do, I do think that story is great because I was there with Bala when it happened. Yeah, you, you guys came to visit me because we were meeting up after. Because Bala whispered to me, he has a weapon though on him. And I was like, you're not, you're not wrong, brother. When not the right time, maybe to bring it up. Oh. What are you planning for the next 12 months? Oh, next 12 months. Um, well, definitely trying to get my bank account back up. Um, yeah. you know, I have some things coming up. I have my friends are getting married in September. Um, mm. My friend Kramer is coming to the East Coast from Seattle. We're going to go to Sea Isle, New Jersey. I'm super excited about. Um, yep, I have a concert coming up. I'm going to. It okay. was it's was it was postponed from 2020. It's Creed Day, Fall Out Boy, and Weezer. Very excited about. Um, we're going to go see my parents. Well, this will come out, I think, while we're at my parents. Um, but my brother yeah. and his wife are coming in from LA and I haven't seen them since he got, since they got married. Um, so that's kind of the stuff I got coming up and, you know, I'm, I'm excited to do, you know, I'm going to try to take some more me time. I think is important. I'm trying, I kind of have a bad habit with work of being like, yeah, I can take that shift instead of giving myself time off. Cause I, I like to be a team player and I like money and all that kind of stuff. So I think yeah. one of my intentions for the next 12 months is to make sure I'm taking some time for myself and doing mm. things for me that don't involve you or my sister or my friends where it's just like, I'm doing something for myself. What are some things that you would recommend to someone? Because like, I think for most of the people listening or in general, I feel like a lot of people will surround themselves with busy stuff to like, you know, forget about their current environment or whatever problems they're facing. So what kind of things do you like to do for yourself? Um, I definitely like to watch TV. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but in, before the pandemic hit, I was taking ballroom classes. Um, mm -hmm. That was like super fun. So I kind of want to figure out how I can start doing that again. I kind of wait until I want to kind of wait until more people are vaccinated because like when you do ballroom dancing, you're like touching somebody and you're very close to their face. Um, so yeah. I kind of want to wait a little bit longer before I start doing that again. Um, you know, also like trying to. I'm looking at my room right now. It's so messy. Trying to once I clean my room, try to keep it organized. I'm very I kind of live in like an organized chaos. I think anybody who's lived with me can attest to that. Um, yeah, you know, just keep, I like to do this workout called fitness Marshall that my friend KL mm -hmm. introduced to me. Um, cause like working out, I have a very, like I get into it and then I'm like, ah, eh, this sucks. <laughs> working out sucks. But I like, I really am liking fitness Marshall and they have a YouTube page and 
Instagram. I highly suggest following them. They have really fun workouts and it's good cardio. So you kind of try to keep mm-hmm. up with that. Like that's another thing I need to try to do for myself. And you know, like, cause I'm not a big hobby person. Like mm-hmm. I, I know people got really into like crafting and baking during the pandemic. And I was like, I'm just, I'm, it, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not for me. So I guess it's like just also still exploring like what I like to do and like, and definitely add to my Funko Pop collection. Yes, of course. Of course. We also did some cooking at the beginning as well. I was mentioning to Vibe of on last week's We did. Podcast. We would, you know, FaceTime my dad. My dad's a really good cook. Um, and we would cook over FaceTime. And it was like, it was really fun. It was really good. But like, I think everyone kind of got sick of cooking. <laughs> I mean, we were able to do that for a majority of it. And I do love being in the kitchen. Thankfully, with the new apartment, the kitchen space is big as we were making, you know, some lovely bites for people to eat for <laughs> during the patio hang yesterday. But no, that's that's good. And I'm looking forward to doing that more uh, with you as well. But yeah, just taking that time to also just spend time doing nothing like we were able to do earlier this week. Yeah. It was nice and important to have those days to unwind. When people engage with you online, is there an at? Yes, so my at on Instagram and Twitter is cgal with two L's, 87. I'm like, I'm seriously Mm -hmm. trying to get a fad fit fun spawn. So feel free to have me on your podcast. I love pop culture. I love the Bachelor Bachelorette. I love the Steelers. So if you just want to like talk about stuff, hit me up. I love to talk and I love to, I love to engage with the content. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Well, I can see in, in your background as well, the um, the Bob's Burgers kind of artistic interpretation, uh, which I love. Um, and we were watching Bob's Burgers yesterday as well. Yeah. So it was like the perfect kind of um, segue into that. As far as The Bachelor, that's probably we could do that as the last call if you want. Well, I mean, I'll always talk about The Bachelor, but I feel like another friends that you've interviewed, they've asked you questions. And I didn't. Oh, yeah, sorry. Do you have any questions um, for me? I don't know. I didn't really come up with with any. Um, I guess, you know, there's two we can do. Um, okay. okay, so. Uh, to be honest, most of the times they ask me questions. I'm shocked that they're asking oh, me okay. questions. And I just, like, try to think and answer. So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I'm happy. It's not really, like, I mean, I guess it's kind of become part of the podcast now. But, yeah, I'm happy to answer any questions. That okay, you have. so. I guess one is I'll do a fun one and one that might be quote unquote more serious. Um, one okay. is um, what is your intention for the next year besides us getting a Nintendo switch mm, um, yes. to, um, you know, as people may know from our photos, we are in an interracial relationship. Um, mm, yeah. So how do you feel like with the current, like, with the climate over this past year of like Black Lives Matter, George Floyd, and all that kind of stuff, how do, how does it feel to be in an inter interracial relationship in general? I guess is the my question. Good question. Yeah. So my intention for the next twelve months, uh, apart from buying a Nintendo Switch, I was talking to Bala about this. Uh, who, one of my like old like I've known him since I was six years old. Uh, we grew up in Bahrain together, and you got to meet him when he was in town. Um, he was like, "How many, how many uh, organizations have paid you money this year for work? Whether that was freelancing, the refereeing, 
the other work that I do. And I calculated and we're six months in and I've, there's five paychecks that I received from different organizations. <laughs> and I'm really happy to consolidate that all into one. Having like, not to say that the pandemic for friends of mine that did have what were considered stable jobs, but I think it's been a lot of like changes and I want to, I want to pay off the debt that I have from running the business during a pandemic and try to like rebuild because building with Chapati Man, building with other ideas and stuff, which you've been able to see at like the ground level and see it build to whatever level, it's really tough to do that when you don't have consistent. So I think just starting off from a strong foundation and then building from there. I'm also thinking in the next 12 months um, to like fix, I mean, you you can you can see it when you meet me in person, but I've been limping a little bit with the legs, so like the surgery in a couple of weeks. But apart from that, in the next twelve months, I'm excited for us to move in together and for us to like live together and start to build a life that kind of goes hand in hand with like retooling and re-strategizing to rebuild. I think that's like a good way of looking at it. So all of that, and uh, and I guess that's also kind of serious um but it's we've talked about it not on the <laughs> podcast too. Uh, as far as the other <laughs> not on the podcast uh, yeah yeah as far as the other question what how do i feel about being an interracial relationship uh that's a good question most all of my serious relationships in the past have been interracial they haven't been with someone they, they've been with someone who is considered white here in this country now that doesn't mean necessarily that they were american or like white american um but they would they would fall under that category and i would say like nick for example even though he is iranian he looks white, mm-hmm. right and his name is nicholas yeah. like he you know he's, he when he goes down to alabama he doesn't have to worry about that obviously when i do i would have to worry because of how i look and everything right and I, I think you're very, I think you understand what it means to be an ally. Uh, the work that you do and what you're talking about and always checking in with me to see how I'm feeling as well as like having those tough conversations, you recognize it. And because you recognize it, I don't really feel like I need to bring anything up. Yeah. Right? Like, you, I mean, people can support Black Lives Matter through a variety of techniques. I'm not able to go to protests, much like you, and we've talked about this, where simply because we're not able to go to protests, that doesn't mean that we don't support the cause. There are other ways to support, whether that's organizing or whatever, and we have all of these tools at our disposal. But more importantly, like, you've always been an ally. You've always stood up for me, especially when there's been, like, racial epithets that have been slurred to me um and given what had happened in maryland last month and other things sharing it with you you've always been like a good you you're you're a great listener and you've always been like there as a conduit for me to provide my feelings about subjects but also to like analyze them and explore them especially given what happened on west fourth street and sixth Ave, where the guy told me, and I didn't even know this, but like, and I talked to Nate about this as well, previous guest on the podcast, about like, he was like, oh, you Arabs don't know how to drive. And I was like, I'm not even Arab, but also I didn't even know that was like a, a thing. 
Um, I, I think if you are in an interracial relationship, one thing you need to understand is like, I will never truly understand what you go through um, mm -hmm. being Indian and having brown skin. That's just like something that I'm never going to understand because I'm, I'm blonde hair, blue eye, white lady. So, mm. I mean, like in the social class of things, but we're not talking about money. I'm fucking fine. Right. Uh, <laughs> and so I think an important thing is that like, you know, when people say stuff like, oh, I don't see color, that's super offensive. Because if I said that to you, I think that would be pretty messed up because like being Indian and celebrating your culture is a part of who you are. Like we, we right, celebrate yeah. Diwali, yeah. I got decorations and we exchange gifts. Um, yeah. Holy, yeah. And you even, you even asked if we should do something to observe Eid because even though like I'm, I'm not Muslim, I did celebrate Eid when I was growing up in Bahrain. So you even asked and I was like, well, we don't have to go do anything specific. We can also just like, you know, do something smaller instead of the Bali, which was like pretty big with all the decorating. It was a lot for me. I was like, oh, this is really nice. Yeah. And I mean, I think a big thing is that like, like empathy. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, checking in with you, I was like, I would, I mean, I would hope like any of your friends, regardless of color, would be checking in on you on certain things and things that happen and like, yeah. you know, what happened in Maryland, which I don't remember if you've discussed on the podcast, but long story short, basically, uh, no. um, is it okay if I share this? Yeah, you can So share. basically what happened to Tejas was very, this is the very, very much the cliff notes. Um, <laughs> basically, a white manager of a gas station accused Tejas, who drives a fucking Lexus, of stealing candy. Um, I think it was a uh, Slim Jim. It was meat because I remember telling them that I don't eat Wait, meat. I, I thought it was it was meat. You don't even eat meat. That makes me even. I'm getting all mad again. I'm getting all mad again. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> who doesn't even eat meat? Accused of stealing us. Yeah, it was a, Slim Jim is meat. Right? Yeah, it's it's like it's meat. I it's kind of hard. It's like it's kind of like I, beef jerky. Yeah, it's like candied beef. I don't, I don't know, but it was like there's Slim Jims with all the candy. That was um, the so. And Obviously, she, this white manager was racially profiling Tejas, who drives mm -hmm. a Lexus. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, when that happened to you and you, you kept just being like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad the cops were professional. Yeah. I'm glad nothing happened to you. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not fine. And... I'm getting like upset again. It's not fine and it's not okay that happens to you. But like, and you were like, well, I don't want you to be upset, but it's like not about me being upset, right? It's not about my white tears, right? Like it's about mm. like what happened to you and what happened to you was terrible. And like, you know, we've talked about that. And I, and I asked you, I was like, well, yeah. how many times does that happen to you when you get racially profiled? And you said every three to six months it happens. Yeah. to you and that's you know that's just something that like i will never understand that i i can sympathize with you and i can support you but i think that's a big thing that if you are in a racial relationship you have to understand is just like you could be a supportive partner and make sure you're there to help protect them but you're never gonna understand the hurt that causes them just because of what their skin looks like yeah but that's what just like being a good ally is, right? And just just listen, listening and being supportive 
and you know allowing them the space time and opportunity and i don't think i still fully process it but to me it's like that's not even my worst interaction with the cops my worst interaction was like here in new york which is surprising to some people and to other people that are there like yeah we we understand the it doesn't it's a little bit different in maryland or in the south obviously than it is here in new york new jersey but yeah I, I do appreciate it though. You've always been very supportive and a good ally and you know how you, you know where that comes from, I think as well, because it's that like basic empathy for others who are different than you, but, and so, and knowing the current climate, I think it's also important to have that in context. Thank you for sharing that story. I, I still haven't fully processed it and I don't think I will for yeah, a while. Yeah, that's why I Maybe gave this super like, first short version and ask for your permission but yeah i mean i i think in also those situations i mean i don't know how i would even how i would process if that if something like that happened to me i i don't really know what the equivalent would be but being judged on my appearance for something and then cops being involved like i just don't think that would happen to me because i'm a white lady um yeah I mean, probably <laughs> not but it's it's also like it's the same thing like you said, like with telling people where you are and telling people, you know, this is this is where I am at and making like having people who check in with you, right? Like those are the those are the basics. Those are all and look, it may happen again. I don't know. I hope not. I'm trying not to stop at that gas station anytime soon. Yeah, we and, I mean we're not uh, we're not gonna go there anymore. Well, you're not gonna go. through Maryland, like we're probably. No, no, I mean, like through to. Maryland, but we just won't stop at that gas station. When we drive. I won't even. Yes, I don't even. I think I remember which area of Maryland it was, but it's not just Maryland. Like I don't want to. No, it's not that. just Maryland. Like, it's there. you know, Kramer. Um, she's a teacher out in Seattle, and she does critical race theory and things like that. And I, you know, mm -hmm. this like thing where people are like, well, we don't want to talk about it in schools. I think that's so dangerous for everybody involved because like yeah. where likewise where I grew up was like I think it's like a little less now but like when you look on Wikipedia I think it says 95% of the town I grew up in is white and still currently white. Yeah. And you know when we drive home we see when we drive to my hometown um we see a lot of confederate flags. And this mm -hmm. is in Pennsylvania. The part where I'm from in Pennsylvania is also known as Pennsylvania. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a lot of Confederate flags. And, like, you know, being in New York, we all know, like, they, that's a symbol of hate. Mm -hmm. And that's just, like, that's not okay to have. Um, yeah. But, you know, growing up in school, like, we weren't, like, taught that. And, like, when we covered, covered the Civil War, I feel like we didn't really touch upon a lot of stuff. And when we covered, like, the 60s, we didn't touch a lot upon a lot of stuff. It just wasn't taught mm -hmm. to us. And like, yeah. you know, basically but what I'm trying to get at, I think what I'm trying to get at is like, there's a lot of systematic racism in America. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. as white people, we need to do the work. And that's not posting a status that says I'm doing the work. Like that's not it. Or it's not doing it for clout by posting a black square and then not doing something about it. Like you said before, like, we don't go to protests, um, but I still, I, just, I, I still a hundred percent support them. Um, yeah. 
I give, I give financially and I share my social medias, which I think is a great way to support different causes. And I'll put the mm-hmm. link in my bio and like, I give what I can. And like, I think that's what I understand. It's like, you know, if you're not like for whatever, if you don't want to protest, like that's okay. Like there's a lot of different reasons people don't want to protest and it has nothing to do like with protesting. It's like how they feel emotionally. Like, I don't really give a shit mm-hmm. if you burn down Target. Like, who's going to think about the TVs? Like, they'll be, like, it's a huge corporation. Like, it's going to be fine, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's just important to, like, when you are, quote, unquote, doing the work, which I think is the new thoughts and prayers, that mm-hmm. you're just not doing it for clout or Instagram followers, that, like, you're not just reading the one book that was recommended, that you're doing research, and you're supporting, like, black artists and different and people's yes. of colors like artists and authors and stuff like that like there's like and like small businesses and even like even for like pride month as you ever like i don't know if a lot of people know this today yeah when we're happy recording. pride happy yeah. pride month that like a lot of corporations basically just slap rainbows on things but a, yeah. some of these yeah. corporations donate to anti-lgbtq plus organizations so you know yeah. when you are buying merch and i think it's so great to to, to support LGBTQ plus look where that money mm-hmm. is going. Is it just going in target's pocket or can you go donate to a small business of a person mm-hmm. who identifies as that and you could support them. That's like, that's a better use of your money. And instead going to Walmart and buying like a crappy t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I know I kind of no, went sure. on like a little bit of a, no, I'm glad you did because you are very supportive of those who are, been disenfranchised throughout american history and we got to watch the pride documentary and as i showed you today uber's like route from your place to mine is rainbow so you know they solved homophobia they, guys country. they solved it i don't think they've <laughs> donated to any causes well the nfl today yeah. also posted something which i don't think they've ever posted anything for pride before in their life they posted they're <laughs> like we're celebrating pride and all the logos were rainbow colored and i was like we do not have the time to get into the NFL and all their fucking problems, but there's a lot of gay athletes that are not out because how they be treated in the NFL. And I find it very laughable yeah. that they just slapped a rainbow on something. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Corporate is just like, Oh, we'll, we'll do it to show our support. But then it's support is more than just being like, Oh, you know, saying things it's about actually doing the work and if you can't do the work i'd rather you just not i mean it's better than nothing i guess but there's difficult conversations that need to be had that i just don't think a majority of the country is yeah i don't think a majority of the country is ready to have those difficult conversations but thankfully you and i are able to have those and we're able to talk about it and thank you for asking the question i didn't like i didn't know you were going to be asking that it was a surprise (laughs) well thank you again for for joining and being my guest this week i really appreciate it thank you for having me and do you want to stick around for like a call for a little bit after yeah sure all right cool thank you again you're welcome remember to follow me on instagram give me five foot fun sponsorship please i like stuff and i like it when it's free (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Seek out 87 two L's. <laughs> <laughs>